Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. An elderly couple were sitting in a church service when all of a sudden there was a moment of silence as they were leading into prayer. Well, the wife turned to the husband and said, and whispered to him, I just let out a long, silent one. What should I do? The husband looked at her, shook his head, and said, first thing when we get home is replace the batteries in your hearing aid. <laughs> what she thought was a whisper was not a whisper. <laughs> Well, this morning we are on part two of our series, We Have the Victory. Last week I shared with you part one of We Have the Victory when we praise the Lord and let him fight our battles. And that scripture that we looked at was Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 12. And in that scripture, we specifically looked at three groups of people who came together and decided that they were going to attack King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah and Jerusalem. They came and they wanted to attack them. And instead of King Jehoshaphat and the people running into battle and going to fight them, they decided that they were going to seek the Lord and to praise him. And that is what they ended up doing, and to seek the Lord for guidance. And so last week we talked about, first of all, seek the Lord for all of your needs, and second of all, know that even when your enemies attack, God is still in control. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to dive into your word. We thank you, God, for the fact that your word is alive, that it has the ability to change and to transform us. And so, God, this morning, may you speak to us. May you move in our lives. May you help us to be obedient as your Holy Spirit speaks so that we would respond accordingly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've broken up this scripture into different parts to make it easier. And so the first part that we will read is the continuation of that. So would you turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we'll read verses 13 to 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 13 to 16. You can follow along in your own Bible, or it will be on the screen for you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, and the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Today, march down against them. They will be climbing up in the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the edge of the gore in the desert of Jeruel. 
You see, in this passage of scripture, we see that King Jehoshaphat had ordered and commanded everyone to fast as they sought the Lord for guidance and for direction. And so all the men with their wives and their children and everyone were gathered together in this assembly as they were together, as they were encouraging one another, as they were looking to each other for for guidance and seeking the Lord. And all of a sudden, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel. And and because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he spoke these words to encourage the people. And you see, if they were not together, he would not have been able to encourage all of them. If they were not together, he would not be able to speak that encouragement, to empower them, to help them to know that God was on their side and he was helping them. It's important for us as believers to gather together. It's important for us to encourage one another. And so this morning, I say to you, encourage one another. Encourage one another. It comes out of this passage where he comes and he encourages them, where he tells them not to be afraid, where he says, yes, they are coming. Yes, they are going to fight us, but the battle is not ours. It is the Lord. He is the one who encouraged them. And you see, if they were not together, they would not have been as encouraged as they were. In the same way, the Christian faith was never meant to be one that we go through alone. We were created to be in community. We were created to walk this Christian life together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Not to be separated, not to be on our own, but to be together. You see, many people have this idea that I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be a part of a church. And and to some extent, that may be true. You don't have to go to church in order to serve God. But you see, the church is not just a building that we go to. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the ones who work together to help encourage, to help strengthen, to help each other. That's what we were created to do. That is the purpose of the church, that we work together to encourage, to strengthen. Whether you like it or not, we are a family. We are the family of God. And let me tell you, in families just like your own family, there will be problems. In families, there will be trouble. There will be disagreements. There will be all of that. But also in families, there is unity. There is love. There is forgiveness. There is peace. And so despite what happens, we are still part of God's family. And so we need to treat one another like brothers and sisters in Christ because that is what we are. That is what we are to do as the church. We are to encourage one another. The Bible tells us that the church is essential for the Christian growth. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, it says, For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there 
in the midst. You see, going to church is more than something we do on a Sunday. It's way beyond that. It's fellowshipping together. It's encouraging one another. It's breaking bread with each other. It's teaching and learning to and from each other. It's more than that. It's growing. The church exists for people who are in need. We are in need, and that is why the church exists. Isn't it wonderful to know that you're missed when you're not here? Isn't it wonderful to know that you are valued and that you are needed? Isn't it wonderful to know that you have friends to hold you accountable to godly standards and to pray for you when you need help? Isn't it wonderful to know that you have people to call on when you go through a difficult time in your life? Isn't it wonderful to know that you are not walking this journey of life alone, but that you have people to walk with you through this journey. This is what we are to do as a church. We are to encourage one another, to help each other, not to tear each other down, not to discourage one another, but we are to build each other up in the body of Christ. Despite whether we are the ones to volunteer in the nursery, the ones to take out the garbage, the ones to clean the windows or to stand on the platform to preach, we are all valuable and important. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for those of you who go above and beyond to do your part in keeping the body functioning. We are to do that. That is the purpose of the church. That is why we exist. And we have been asking you to, to consider, to pray towards our mortgage fund pledge, in order for us to continue to carry out the work as the church, in order for us to continue for the church to run effectively, we need your help. And so later on in the service, we're going to give you an opportunity to fill out one of these pledge cards and to, to place it in one of these boxes. And what this is, is we're asking you to make a monthly pledge towards our mortgage fund. Our goal each month is to raise $21,000. And for a, a period of one year, if you would pledge and if you would commit to giving, it would go towards the work of the church. And so I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to give generously. I want to encourage you to know that the work of the church is valuable, that it's needed, and we all play a part in it. Not just some of us, but all of us. And so I want you to pray and to consider, what can I give? What can my family give towards carrying on the work of the church? We are to encourage one another. We are to build each other up. And we are a family. We are a family indeed. And so the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he spoke these profound words. He spoke these profound words. And in in verse 17, especially, I want you to focus on this. In verse 17, he says, You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You see, the Spirit of the Lord came upon this man, and the Spirit of the Lord was speaking through him, and such profound words. Do you understand how profound these words are? For him to say, you will not 
not have to fight this battle. Yes, your enemies are coming to attack you. Yes, they are coming in from every side, every angle. They're going to overpower us. But this battle is not yours to fight. You will not have to fight this battle. Yes, go out. Go out and see. But know that God is on your side. Go out and see, but the Lord will be with you. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Let the Lord fight your battles. Let the Lord fight your battles. In the same way, are you allowing God to fight your battles? Are you allowing him to do that work, knowing that on our own, we can't do it? You see, there are many times in life where we try to do it ourselves. There are many times in life where we try to do things ourselves, but we are just mere mortals. We will get tired. We will get weary. But you see, when we give it all to the Lord and say, God, have your way, he will come and he will fight our battles for us. He will come and we will be able to stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. We will be able to watch our enemies be defeated. We will be able to do that when we let the Lord fight our battles. I want you to claim this verse. I want you to claim this verse and to truly read it and capture the essence of it. I'll read it again when it says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Whatever it is that you are going through, whatever it is that you are faced with, know that God is on your side, and he is with you. You will not have to fight this battle on your own. You will not have to be afraid. You will not have to be worried or discouraged, for God is on your side. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, Moses said to the people of Israel, he says, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, the ones who were chasing them and coming towards them, you will never see again. In other words, the enemies that are at your doorstep, the ones who are trying to bring you down, the people who are trying to discourage you, the people who are trying to ruin your reputation, those who don't want to see you continue to grow, those who want to keep you down, you will never have to see them again, for the Lord will take care of all of that. You see, when we go through this journey of life, there will be times where we feel overwhelmed because things just keep happening happening that we don't understand when our coworkers are giving us a hard time, when our boss is giving us a hard time, when our family is giving us a hard time, when it feels like no one understands what we're going through, when it feels like everyone is against us, know that God is on your side, that you do not have to fight this battle, that he is with you, and we are to claim the victory in Jesus. We are to claim that, for he has already won the 
the victory. And there are things that will come our way that we need to just stand still and be reminded that God, you are God and you are God alone. And what you have done before, you will do again. You will fight this battle for me. I will come out alive. I will come out stronger than I was before for you are with me. That is what we are to claim to know that he will fight on our behalf, to know that he is with us, to stand firm and see God working in our life. It goes on to tell us that after that, Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Gohathites and Korites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Mount and Moab and Mount Sur. And they were invading Judah and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men of Mount Sur and destroyed and annihilated them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another." Do you realize what's happening here? That Jehoshaphat and his people went out the next day. They knew that an army was coming. However, they did not prepare to fight them. They went out prepared to do what? To worship God. And as they went out, he commanded the people to pray and to sing and to praise God for who he is. And as they were standing there praising God, as they were standing there giving God glory due his name, they saw what was happening below them, that the people the very people who were coming to attack them. Their enemies started fighting one another and destroying each other. And they stood there watching as they praised God. They stood there watching God deliver them from their circumstances. Jehoshaphat and the people did not have to fight just as God had told them. They just needed to recognize who God was and to give him the glory due his name. You see, despite what we go through in this life, despite our circumstances, God is still worthy to be praised. Despite what we go through, he is still worthy to be praised. You see, we praise God for what he has done, which is good. But if God never did anything for us, guess what? He is still worthy to be praised. It's not about what he's done. It's not even about the blessings that he has bestowed upon us, but it's simply because he is God, and that is enough for us to praise him. Because 
because of who he is, he is worthy to be praised. Do you understand the God that we serve? Do you understand truly how big and how great and how awesome this God is? Yesterday at our Women on the Wall, Chriselda beautifully led us in some songs, and this is a familiar chorus, What a Mighty God We Serve. You know that song. And, and I've sung that over a hundred times, but as she was singing, because of my throat, I, I was just listening and reading the words, and it hit me, what a mighty God we serve, that angels bow before him, that heaven and earth adore him, that this God is so mighty, this God is so great, this God is beyond our human comprehension, and yet this God stepped down out of his glory to come and to die for me. This is the God that we serve, a God who loves us, a God who we will never understand the love that he has, but yet he has said, I'd rather die for you than live an eternity without you. That is the God that we serve. And just because of who he is, he is worthy to be praised. Many people are dependent upon, their worship to God is dependent upon what God does for them. It's dependent, if God blesses me, I'm gonna go to church and I'm gonna worship him. Or because I have a problem, I'm gonna go to church and, and I'm gonna uh, ask God to help me. But you see, that's not how it works. God wants us to worship him in the good times and in the bad times. God wants to, us to run to him when things are good and when things are not so good. God wants us to call him first. God wants us to be the one that goes to him and cries out to him in need. God wants a relationship with us. The King of kings and the Lord of lords calls us friend. The God who is before all things, who, whose reign will never end, wants to have a relationship with each one of us. So you see, despite what we go through in life, despite whether things are difficult or well, when things are good, God is still worthy to be praised. He is God and God alone. God all by himself and we can praise him because he is worthy. You see, Daniel made a choice in the Bible that despite the decree that was made that no one should pray to any other God, he decided that he was still going to pray to his God. Why? Because he knew that his God deserved to be praised. And despite the consequences, he was still willing to pray. And God, because God was worthy, and God rescued him from the lion's den. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to any other idols. They knew that even if God didn't come through to save them from the fiery furnace, that it was going to be okay because why? God was still worthy to be praised, whether their life depended upon it or not. You see, Paul and Silas went to prison for preaching the gospel and standing for truth. They didn't know if God was going to help them or not to get out of prison, but they stayed true to what they believed in because God is worthy. And this is so beautiful, this verse that talks about their situation. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the that 
Sorry, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains became loose. Wow. Even when they were in prison, even when they were at their lowest point, they were singing hymns and praising God. And it's at our lowest point that we have the greatest impact on people. You see, when we are low, our testimony can be great. Because it says that they were singing and praising God and the other prisoners were listening. You see, people are constantly watching us. The world is constantly watching us. And even though they're not Christians, they know what we should be doing and what we shouldn't. They tell us, well, you're a Christian, but you just told a lie. Well, you're a Christian, but you cheated on that. Well, you're a Christian, should you really be going to that place? The world is watching Let's give them a testimony that they will remember. The world is watching. Let's show them that not only do we talk the talk, but that we walk the walk as well. You see, despite our circumstance, God is still worthy to be praised. In a contemporary Christian song called Desert Song, we've sung it a few times, one of the, the verses says, all of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. We will always have a reason to sing and a reason to worship despite what we go through. God is great. He is beyond our understanding. And it is when we worship him that things happen. When we forget about our circumstances, when we forget about everything else, and we just focus on him that things fall into place. It was when they did this that the ambushes that were set on them, the attackers turned and attacked each other. Other. In verse 24, 24 and then 27 to 30, it says this, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. And then verse 27, then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. The fear of God came upon all the kingdoms and the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. You see, as they were praying, as they were worshiping, God helped to fight their battles for them. God set those attackers to attack each other, and they had no reason to fight. Have you ever heard about someone winning a battle without even fighting? Well, this is it, where they allowed God to fight their battles, and God did. And after they had finished praising God, they looked and they saw that they had slaughtered one another, those attackers, that no one was left. But all of those who were coming towards them to attack them had been killed in battle. You see, when we give it to God and when we leave it in his hands, when we pray for those who persecute us, when we pray for those who try to hurt us and harm us, God will take care of them. We, 
We don't have to seek revenge. We don't have to try to get even. We don't even have to fight them, but leave them to God and he will take care of them. These people didn't have to fight, but you see the Lord gave them cause to rejoice in the same way he gives us cause to rejoice. There are so many things that God has done in our life and God will do to give us cause to rejoice. People need a cause to rejoice and God has given us that cause. And I'm sure if you stop and think about how God has been good to you through life, how he has seen you through, how he has made a way when there seemed to be no way, how he has opened up doors of opportunity, how he has come through at the last moment, those are reasons and causes for us to rejoice. In Psalm 92, verse 4, it says, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. He has given us cause to rejoice. We can rejoice because God is on our side, because God is fighting our battles for us, because God is protecting us. God has forgiven us. God has made us co-heirs with Christ. God has given us direct access to him through Jesus. God has given us the gift of eternal life. You see, there are so many reasons for us to rejoice. He will constantly give us cause if we stand still and allow him to work in our situations. When enemies come to attack, he will protect us. He will take care of our needs. We need to trust him. You see, we have the victory when we praise the Lord and let him fight our battles. I want to close by reading one of my favorite psalms to you. Psalm 91. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Listen to this. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are.
We thank you, God, for the fact that we can be still and know that you are God, that we can know that you are on our side, that you are fighting our battles for us, that you are with us, that you are worthy to be praised, that God, despite what we go through in life, that you are still good all the time. And so, Lord, may you help us to rejoice. May you help us to know, oh God, that despite what we've gone through, despite what we're going through, that, Lord, you will make a way, that you are faithful all the time. And so, Lord, we pray that indeed you would continue to help us in all of life's trials and tribulations to know that, God, you are there in the midst of it all. And so, Father, we pray that in Indeed, you would help us to claim victory, to claim victory in Jesus, to know that when we praise you and when we allow you to fight our battles, even when we are tempted to do it ourselves, that you will come through better than we have ever seen before. And so, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done and what you will continue to do in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.